This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back. This is the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC Radio. And now it is my honor and privilege to welcome former National Security Advisor and Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Uh, Mike Flynn is, to my mind, one of the most brilliant geopolitical and military strategists in the country. Uh, and he is uh, a man who has, since leaving the service, dedicated his life to both the America First movement uh, and to his church. Uh, and he welcome, welcomes us now on The Roger Stone Show. Thank you, Roger. Thanks for having me and uh, to the, your, your uh, great WABC radio audience. Uh, your show has been it's a, it's a staple part of my uh, weekly existence. And uh, you've had some of the most amazing guests to include, obviously, uh, uh, Donald Trump and, and, uh, and many, many other really just special, special people that that uh, have have helped expose a lot of truth and a lot of brought a lot of things to light. So thank you so much for what you're doing and, and for your very, very dedicated and loyal audience to all of you. Uh, just hang in there with us. And this is this is where you're going to find, uh, you know, just I mean, just a pools of information that you're not going to find anywhere else through uh, through this great show that Roger has put together. Well, I very much appreciate uh, your joining us. You and I spoke this past Thursday night in what was for me a really almost shocking and revelatory conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, writing in the Western Journal this past week, you wrote, quote, nobody expected the war in Israel except for the enemies of Israel in America. The U.S. must think about this. The West as a whole is still in a state of complacency. We are mired in a losing effort in Ukraine, and Russia has been playing the U.S. like a fiddle. Vladimir P Putin uh, and Volodymyr Zelensky know how much debt we are in and how much we spent into losing efforts in the Middle East, that would be Afghanistan and Iraq, our enemies now dominate both of those countries. General mm -hmm. Flynn, tell us about this conflict. Tell us how it happened without uh, the uh, Israeli intelligence seeming to know about it. And, well, where are we potentially going from here? Well, so so let's just talk a couple of different levels, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, talk to them as levels of warfare, Roger. Uh, first, I appreciate you mentioning the, the uh, article in the Western Journal. Uh, I, I actually think the United States of America is being played by both Zelensky and Putin in, in that geostrategic space in Eastern Europe. Uh, we've already poured in over $200 billion uh, plus into, uh, into that conflict. It's a losing conflict. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a limited war, limited objective war. Uh, and frankly, uh, we need to figure out if we had good leadership in the White House, we need to figure out how to get out of that. In Israel, the, the, the tactical situation 
um, on the ground is, you know, is, is very, very uh, dynamic. Uh, obviously, it's playing out all over social media. There's a, there is a propaganda war going on as well as a, uh, a real war, a real shooting war. And there are people that are dying on both sides. I mean, the tactical situation is such where it's, it's very, very uncertain. And I will tell you, even, even commanders on the ground that are not that far away from the, from the front lines uh, don't have a clear uh, uh, view of what is happening, you know, until you're right there. And, and, and typically what is happening uh, at the tactical situation of warfare, you know, happens so fast and only happens at the soldier level, right? The, the Israeli soldiers, young men, primarily young men, but young women as well, but primarily young men that are in these infantry frontline units are, are there, uh, you know, they're ready to sacrifice their lives for, their, for the sovereignty of their country in the state of Israel. Uh, they were brutally attacked by by a barbaric uh, enemy, and that's Hamas. And I mean, all this is sort of known. And there's other there's other uh, enemies uh, on the tactical level: uh, Hezbollah up in the north in the Lebanese border, and uh, further up in the north, off of the Golan Heights, is uh, there's a there's a couple of brigades in Syria, and I think uh, the Israeli defense forces must pay very very close attention to the strategic side of this war. Uh, because their their borders are all at risk. Uh, this is what happens. So strategically, the initial surprise, I think there's going to have to be a, a substantial uh, coming to Jesus, so to say, so to speak, uh, particularly as we talk about the state of Israel and the, and the city of Jerusalem. Uh, there's going to have to be a, a very serious, you know, uh, forthcoming investigation that's going to have to happen. I actually think that they're in fact, I know that they're doing some of that now because of the strategic surprise that, that enabled Hamas to have such a penetration of the state of Israel inside of the borders of Israel, as well as some of the other capabilities that they were able to unleash against the uh, state of Israel and against the, the uh, Israeli defense forces in the southern zone. I think the southern zone commander, whoever, you know, if, if the southern zone commander has not been relieved of duty, should be. Uh, that would be me. That would be my recommendation. And and you know, and find out find out what what orders were given, uh, because there's no way in the world that the Israeli defense forces were this unprepared or this unready. I have walked that fence line along the Gaza Strip. I have been at those gates. I've been in those towns. I've been in the bunkers. I've been in the uh, the surveillance towers, and I've witnessed their their daily activities in terms of reconnaissance or surveillance of their of their borders of, of the Gaza Strip. So I know uh, tactically and strategically what uh, Israeli defense forces are supposed to do and also capable of doing. I think globally, and this is really the 60,000 foot level for your audience, we, we have a situation now where we have to be very, very careful. We now, the United States of America, uh, because it, it has clearly come into our homeland, it is definitely into our homeland, this threat that we uh, face this this global threat of terrorism and we've always had it it's always been there it ebbs and flows obviously under president donald j trump uh, there was a there was an ebbing of the tide where you know where he stood up as a leader as a leader should as a president of the united states of america should and he basically let the let the rest of the world know that you know that there's a leader in charge and i'm going to take action uh, when and and, uh, and if necessary and he did at certain times and and it kept it kept our our enemies at bay, and we don't have that right now in the White House. We, you know, these are the consequences of elections. So our homeland, our homeland right now is is threatened. When we have state governors who have to issue emergency orders, uh, uh, you know, when we have 
these these protests and these, in some cases, uh, violent protests. And here in the United States of America, we have the unknown factor of illegals that have been allowed to enter this uh, this country. We're talking about somewhere between seven. The numbers range, but I, I would say we're probably somewhere between seven and 12 million people in the last two years alone. Many are from some of these uh, nations that that produce these these terrorist elements and these terrorist organizations, whether it's the Middle East or whether it's North Africa or, or whether it's part of Central Asia or even parts of Southeast Asia. But clearly the Middle East and uh, and um, North Africa. And we know this. We know to the tune of tens of thousands. Those are just the reports that come from our homeland security. So we have a threat inside of this country, uh, America, and to your audience, and it's very real. And it has to be dealt with. It has to be dealt with with smart, uh, disciplined leadership, uh, with cool heads, and with a very strategic focus of how to deal with this. I mean, part of me says, you know, every illegal that's here in this country, but this administration don't don't hold your breath waiting for this administration to do this. But every illegal that we have has to be rounded up and sent back home. I mean, we cannot continue to have this this uh, this incredible level of of potential. Uh, 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 you know, violence that could occur in this country. And we've already seen bits and pieces of it. I mean, uh, the, the, uh, the Antifa is just like the jihad that they call the jihad. You know, one, for, to take this overseas briefly, Roger, the, uh, I understand that the nation of France had to declare a state of emergency. And they're not declaring a state of emergency because of, you know, the French people. They're declaring a state of emergency because the French allowed so much of the of this illegal immigration into their country for the last 10 years now i will tell you there's a lot of blame to to, to throw around there's a lot of people that a lot of administrations they're both sides of the political aisle that you know so well and you speak so eloquently about but we have a global problem right now israel as i as i sit here today talking to you and your great audience israel today is at the center of it this is not one of those wars like the 67 or the 73 war that Israel went through where it's going to be over in a couple of days or, or a couple of weeks. This is going to have a lasting, this is going to be a lasting war. Uh, and it's going, to, uh, it's going to permeate out into the other parts of the world. It already has uh, clearly around the world in some of the things that I already mentioned. So I think what we, what we you know, if I can sprinkle fairy dust on the, on the United States of America, I would, you know, sprinkle fairy dust and and uh, and have great, uh, you know, global, smart, strategic leadership put back in charge of this country. But we don't, and I can't, and I wish that I could. But we, but we must. So now we must put demands on those that we can. So for the American people, because this is really what it comes down to, I, I you know, I, I really want the American people to support, uh, you know, those those critical allies. The you know, this, this, you know, only democratic nation in this, in this, you know, this cesspool that is out there in the Middle East at times. And I know this. I've spent many, many years. I know many of these people in these that are leaders in some of these countries. This is not about them. This is about what they have allowed to do. And one other point that I'll make, and it has to do with Palestine, right? Why is it that the Israelis have to worry about Palestine? What is the, what is the rest of the Arab world doing about Palestine? That's a big question. I won't answer here today. And it needs to be answered by the Arab world. It needs to be answered by, by these globalist leaders that, that continue to put the pressure on Israel 
to uh, to have to deal with the Palestinian issue, right? The Palestinian issue. What is the matter with the other many, many other Arab nations? What is the matter with them, you know, dealing with the Palestinian issue? Why aren't they taking them in? Why aren't they allowing states to be formed or, or, or bastions of, of Palestinians to be formed in their own countries instead of making this about, about Israel? I, I'll tell you, the, the, the short answer is, is because they use it, they use it to further their, their intent, which is to destroy Israel. As, as Iran has said, we want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. So uh, there's so much, so much at risk here, so much at stake. Uh, we, we can recover from all of this. You know, if we pray and, uh, and we pray that we have a, a fair election, we have some elections coming up next month for some really critical governors. We definitely have a, a very, very, you know, I say everybody's always said the presidential elections are the most important. This is a historic presidential election coming up in 2024 for, uh, for President Donald J. Trump. Uh, it is the most important in the history of our country, bar none, since, since George Washington decided not to be king and, in fact, took on the role of presidency. That's how important this is. This is, this is it, folks. So we're here at the Reawaken America event in Miami. This is our 22nd city that we've been in. And what we're standing up telling everybody uh, here and those that are online, we have about over a half a million people online right now where I'm at. And we're telling people they have to get involved. I use the phrase local action has a national impact, and it does. But you have to decide to get off the couch, get out of the chair, you know, take what it is that I'm saying and go figure out in your own communities how you're going to get involved in your communities, in your churches, in your families, in your counties, you know, in your city councils, your, your school boards. That's how we take this country back. We have to take it back one county at a time, so to speak. Local action does have a national impact. And, uh, and this country remains the strongest country on the planet because we have in our DNA, we have this fiber called freedom. And we will not relent. We will not give up that freedom. Believe me, we will not give it up. So, Roger, thank you so much for, for giving me this moment to, to go through that diatribe. I'll, I'll stand by for any other questions you have. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I appreciate that. Folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, I'm Roger Stone. This is The Roger Stone Show, and we're interviewing former National Security Advisor and retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, uh, talking uh, about the situation both in the Middle East uh, and in Ukraine. General Flynn, uh, are you one of those who believes that the decision to uh, to unfreeze $6 billion worth of assets uh, for Iran and with Iran financing Hamas, that that was a triggering event in this attack on Israel? Absolutely. And one other thing that's being missed in, the, in a lot of the things I see on social media, everybody remembers we just recently had a prisoner swap. OK, the United States of America never deals with terrorists, but we did. We dealt with the, with the leading state sponsor of terrorism. So the six billion dollars, there's actually a lot more than that. Remember the monies that were given by the Obama administration 
And there's more than the $6 billion. It's probably closer to 12 to $15 billion. And I want to throw in this. I want to, I want to touch on this prisoner swap that we did. And, uh, and we got, the, we got the, you know, the lousy end of that deal, right? So that, that was one of those, you know, there's, there's these seminal acts that if the United States takes them, then, and, and they're, they're not done for the benefit of our nation, then those who are our adversaries will take advantage of them. And that's what we're seeing right now. So absolutely, you know, a triggering event or events, plural, uh, that we have seen by this administration to continue to kowtow to really the real enemy here is, is, a, is Iran aligned with China. Okay, and I don't want anybody to forget that. I don't want anybody to forget that. This, this, uh, this, you know, this other, these other actions that we've seen inside of our government where we have this, this, what amounts to a spy network inside of our Department of Defense. We have people inside of our National Security Council, and we have people inside of the State Department. This, this uh, uh, recent, uh, um, you know, basically removal of essentially the envoy to Iran, the removal of him and his removal of his security clearance. Why? You don't do that unless there's a problem, a big problem. And so there are a couple of actions that, are, that have been exposed now because we the people are putting in greater demands. We're putting on greater demands. We're not allowing our voices to be limited. We are fighting hard to expand our voices. Your show, Roger, this particular show, this WABC uh, radio show, you know, with Roger Stone, this is one of those independent voices that continues to pound the table on what is what you know what is america supposed to be who are we supposed to be right we're the we're supposed to be the shining city on the hill as ronald reagan somebody who you knew and worked for you know said and uh and so we have to continue to be that world leader but we will only be the world leader with with great global leadership and not globalist leadership that we are uh, having forced down our throats through this uh this i will say this ungodly group of people, and I mean that precisely, ungodly group of people in uh, running our, our uh, country. So yeah, triggering events, there was not just that, there was, there was plural triggering events. And, and the enemies, took, they, they took advantage. They, you know, I mean, of course they're going to take advantage of us. And they did, and now we see what the, what the consequence of that is, never mind the consequence of a, of a stolen election. Uh, in 1973, uh, almost 50 years ago last weekend, uh, Israel was caught short by a surprise attack by the Egyptians uh, and the Syrians. Uh, there was a complete failure of intelligence uh, by Israel. Uh, they were caught short on ammunition. They literally had their backs to the sea. Uh, and Israel was unilaterally saved from total annihilation uh, by President Richard Nixon, who, mm -hmm. over the objections of Dr. Henry Kissinger, his national security advisor, uh, Admiral Thomas Moore, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and essentially the entire foreign policy apparatus of the Nixon administration, decided to airdrop $36 million worth of lethal aid to the Israelis, which Golda Meir herself credited with saving Israel. My question is, how is it possible with Israeli intelligence, uh, and for that matter, American intelligence, to the Israelis 
been caught by surprise by this attack. Yeah, and I'm glad you you uh, combined uh, both Israeli intelligence and American intelligence. We have a very, very strong uh, uh, and a very long-lasting intelligence relationship with the state of Israel. Very close. They work very, very, very closely with them. And they have some extraordinary capabilities. You know, and this is speculation on my part. And this is, you know, I've only talked about this to, you know, to a couple of people. This is pure speculation to your audience. Because there's no way in the world, as I said earlier, Roger, I, I've walked that line. I've, 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 you know, been down in Durat. I've been in Eshkelon. I've been up in the up in the towers. I've watched the uh, the Israelis conduct um, uh, their their rotations along the border, their surveillance, their reconnaissance. Uh, I've watched this. I've witnessed that. I know exactly how they operate. The only way, and this again, I'm speculating here because I don't know this uh, for a fact, but. But it's the only way that I can figure that this surprise, both tactical and strategic level of surprise occurred, that there must have been some type of stand down order given for the period of time from like, let's just say, from the day of the attack, like, let's just say 0400 Israeli time, you know, which is, I think they're plus five or six hours ahead of us. Uh, but, but let's just say 0400 to about, I don't know, 0900 hours. There had to have been a stand-down order. If I were Bibi Netanyahu or if I was the head of the Israeli Defense Forces, I would immediately, immediately, even while we're fighting, because you know, the troops on the ground, the subordinate commanders, they know exactly what they need to do. They know how to, how to fight. They know how to conduct the tactics of, a, of an engagement and the tactics of the battles that they're involved in. They, they have the strategic intent of not only uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, but their chief of the Defense Forces. I would be looking at uh, how did you know? I would be looking at answering this question and answering it immediately because the entire world is asking it. And you know what? If you don't answer it quickly, Israel, if you don't answer it quickly, then then there is going to be an even greater perceived weakness of your abilities. And one thing I know about the Israelis is that they are not. Uh, they will not come across as weak. They are not weak. That is not a weak uh, uh, society or culture. And uh, they are strong, and they're going to remain strong, and they're going to remain uni- united. But I do think that to to uh, to overcome this this perceived weakness, because it is a perceived weakness right now strategically, that maybe they're not as good as they used to be, so to speak. That I think that there has to be some uh, statements or some something that comes out, because there's no way in the world that this that this happened if the Israelis were doing what they were what they've always been doing. For a long, long time, because of the wars that we've talked about, because of the, you know, the the, the 67 and the 73 war and other wars that they've been involved in, you know, up in uh, up in the uh, the northern border as well, the northern zone command. So, so they've got to answer this question. So, for those that are listening from, that are you know that can, and I have I've I've I have said this. I really really believe that if there was a stand down order, somebody gave that. I hope that that's not the case. I pray that that's not the case. But I can't imagine any other thing that would have caused this massive, massive strategic breakdown in, in the security of the state of Israel that has probably one of the, one of the uh, strongest uh, borders, if you will, in all of the places up along the Golani Heights, up along the, the northern border of Lebanon, and clearly along the Gaza Strip, and also 
even even coming and going into Jordan, which they actually Israelis and, and the, the Jordanians have a great relationship, as they do with the Egyptians, as they do with the Egyptians. So I do think that that has to be answered, has to be answered quickly, because it'll 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 demonstrate to the world that we've identified a weakness in our in our defense, in our security, and we've fixed it, we've corrected it. And if it means that there's people involved, they need to be they need to be you know they need to be taken. Taken, uh, taken in and, uh, and figured out. I mean, there's got to be a human in the loop here that, uh, that broke down, or humans in the loop that broke down. It's the only thing I can, and that's, again, it's speculation on this stand down, but, but uh, I just can't see how this incredibly secure border could have broke down that long for that amount of time. We're talking four to six, maybe eight hours, where Hamas was inside of, of Israel and holding positions, holding terrain and holding ground doesn't happen in in, uh, in the Israeli Defense Force and the system of security and surveillance that they have. It should not happen. So it's a demonstrated weakness, and it's a weakness that their enemies will continue to take uh, apart if, uh, if Israel doesn't come out and say, look, we have fixed this. Uh, do you think that this, uh, this horrific action in Israel was, uh, was partially triggered by the fact of, that there was I think credible speculation that the Saudis uh, and the Israelis were moving towards uh, a new uh, cooperative peace agreement. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and all you have to do is look at some of the look at some of the statements. So you you know, for those that pay real close attention, to this all these you know all these geo uh, strategic geopolitical folks that are pundits on TV or whatever, uh, and, and others, look at the statements that come out of the various countries. And it's not just it's not just that they make a statement in support of Palestine or something. It's read the statement and really look hard at the words that they use that they choose to use in their statements. And one of the one of the the you know the greatest nemesis of against each other in, in the Middle East is Iran and Saudi uh, Saudi Arabia, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and uh, and they're at war. They're at war right now, and the Iranians fight that war through the Houthi movement down in Yemen, in uh, the southern part of uh, Saudi Arabia. It's been going on for a long time. The Houthi, the Iranians have provided, uh, the Houthi movement down there, they've provided them missiles that can range Israel from, from Yemen. Why would you put missiles down in Yemen that can range Israel from Yemen, Iran, right? So, so yeah, I, I think that um, the, the, these various conditions or criteria, as you're pointing out, these triggers, trigger uh, issues or elements, you know, it's criteria that uh, and conditions that occur strategically that we have to pay really close attention to. And these are the things back to U.S. intelligence. You know, this is my life, especially at the strategic level, where you're dealing with what's called indications and warnings, indications and warnings that tell you that some condition geostrategically, geopolitically, uh, tactically have changed on the ground some part of the world, right? There's, there's some, you know, a new political leader, a new weapon system, a, a deployment of a naval force from some other, from some other, or an air force from some other country, right? There's different conditions that exist. And these are the conditions that, uh, from a U.S. intelligence perspective, there's probably a breakdown there, too, because we clearly weren't paying attention to the indicators and warnings for what was, uh, for what just happened here in the last uh, week, uh, and that that uh, relationship between Saudi Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and uh, Iran, 
uh, matters a lot in this uh, in the consequences of what we're about to face here. I, you know, and you heard me say this last night, Roger, when we were together. Um, the you know it, this is going to get harder, folks. You know, I, I I kidded because somebody asked me and said somebody in the audience said God wins. And I did. I said yeah, but but the Book of Revelations you know has two other parts before God wins, and then the first first one is it's really hard. Things are really hard. The second thing is that it's going to get worse. And then, of course, in the end, God wins. Well, I believe that. I believe that. But we are, we are only in step one, where, where things are really bad right now over there. The things are going to get worse before, before, uh, before there's, you know, victory uh, here on earth. Uh, you know, that, that is, I do believe that the truth, the light, and, uh, and unification of those who believe in freedom, those who believe in democracy, those who believe in in uh, in a way of life that is not filled with hate and 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 a really a barbaric uh desire for blood you know this blood lust that that seems that, that some of these people seem to have uh we, we we cannot have that on this planet what we've got to have is we've got to have unification we've got to have a desire for freedom strong strong desire for freedom and uh you know and i'll, I'll finish with this roger you know, I, 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 I wrote this down, and I said it to a group of people this morning, that this really comes from one of our founders, and I'll say here in a second who it was. He said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Now, that's Benjamin Franklin. And that's why I get back to what I said earlier about local action, right? You can't sit there and wring your hands and, and huddle in your home and think that everything is going to be okay. You know, we, the people in this country, the citizenry of this of America, have to get involved. I mean, one of the ways to get involved is to pray. That's fine. But there are other ways to get involved. And I, and I, I mean that, you know, in, in, in earnest and wholeheartedly do I mean it. And uh, what we're witnessing in the Middle East uh, is here in our homeland and, uh, and is not, uh, you know, it, there's still great, great sacrifices ahead. So pray for the people of Israel. Pray for a, a divine outcome. Uh, myself and somebody else who you know, uh, Roger Clay Clark, we were just talking about George Washington. George Washington, by all rights, you know, when you think about it, you know, should have never beaten the greatest army and the greatest navy in the history of the world at that time, the British, right? And there was no way in the world that, that, that he could have won with what he had, a ragtag group of militia. But he did. And George Washington, in his own words in his own writing used to say talk about divine intervention and this spiritual component of uh, of the war that that the cause as he called it the cause you know that we we now refer to it as the american revolution because we're in a spiritual revolution now in this country and in this world and it is the globalists who are who are trying to uh take over from you know humanity uh, and, and i call it you know and taking it back to america it's the globalist versus or globalism versus americanism and so I want the American people to stand up, step up, and speak up, and do it in a way that's that's peaceful, do it in a way that is smart, do it in a way that's di- that's disciplined, but do it. You have to do it. All right. Unfortunately, we are out of time. General Michael Flynn, thank you so much for joining us here on The Roger Stone Show. God bless, Roger. Thank you.